0: Welcome into the Nick Bob podcast. And, you know, I had some Nebraska football things cooked up for the pod today. But then a massive news bomb dropped in the afternoon, which has caused me to scrap my initial plans and talk about the news du jour, which is UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten Conference beginning in in 2024 so I am taping this it is June 30th is it about seven o'clock and the story broke earlier today and boy this thing has moved fast to the point where here we are you know about six seven hours later from when the initial news dropped and we already have official announcements from UCLA and USC that they are joining the Big 10 conference at the start of the 2024-25 season. Wow. So this is I got a lot of thoughts here. This is almost like I I just the second I got the news, I just got on my computer and I treated this almost like it's uh, like my diary. I just like wrote everything that was on my mind here. And one of the things that I thought of initially was like this is this is unbelievable and totally believable at the same time applying conventional kind of old school logic about conference loyalty and all oh, that school would never do it to that school or no this t- this con- this team is way too loyal to this conference and you know applying the old conventional logic of w- with conference loyalty and ge- geographical proximity and history and tradition in a conference that stuff just doesn't exist in today's college sports world so while on the surface This may seem unreal and unbelievable and, whoa, I remind you, Nebraska is in the same conference as Rutgers. Creighton is in the Big East Conference. Iowa State and Central Florida are about to be in the same conference. And just 12 months ago, Oklahoma and Texas announced they are heading to the SEC. So not only is this news of UCLA and USC heading to the Big Ten believable, it actually makes sense given the current landscape. What we have going on right now is basically the Hunger Games for college athletics. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is seeking two things. Survival and money. Those are the guiding lights for all decisions and all moves at this point. Even though college sports is undergoing massive changes, in some ways, all of this could be just the tip of the iceberg if the predictions of two mega conferences. That has been that have that hypothetical has been thrown around. If the prediction of two mega conferences occur, and those two conferences break away from the rest of the NCAA to form their own thing, which I, I guess at, to be honest with you, at this point feels like it's gone from a hypothetical to almost an ending that feels inevitable. So again, everyone is seeking out two things: survival and money. This all kind of feels like a big life or death, life or death in air quotes, a big life or death game of musical chairs has broken out and the music is playing right now and everyone is walking around and walking around and everyone is just concerned about having a chair when the music stops and that chair is also known as a conference. And the more this goes on, the more it feels like the main chairs that will be available are in the Big Ten and the SEC. The power those two conferences have is staggering. And the amount of money those two conferences have feels like it's just so dramatically more than the other conferences right now. And the additions of Oklahoma and Texas and then USC and UCLA to both the SEC and the Big Ten respectively has just kind of widened that gap by even a larger margin. Talking about power and money. And behind all these moves, of course, is money. But the vehicle behind that money is ESPN and Fox. Fox. Oklahoma and Texas's move to the SEC had ESPN's fingerprints all over it. And it certainly feels like UCLA and USC's potential move, or I shouldn't say potential, it's actually happening now, USC and UCLA's move to the Big Ten has Fox's fingerprints all over it. When the news hit of the initial report of USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten, I actually, because there are some people that had some skepticism when they first saw it, I actually bought it right away given the fact that the Big Ten is currently negotiating its new TV deal. And those negotiations over the last month or so have gone mysteriously quiet. There was a report in the Sports Business Journal about it was back on April 15th that Fox had, in terms of the Big Ten new television deal, that Fox had rights to at least half of the next Big Ten deal and that Fox had also increased its ownership of the Big Ten network to 61%, went from, I think, 51% to 61%, and that Fox had various representatives they're in the meetings with the Big Ten conference when they talk to these other networks. So Fox was heavily, heavily, heavily in bed with the Big Ten. That report came out in on April 15th. And in that report on April 15th, it predicted that the rest of the terms of this new television deal for the Big Ten would be announced as early as Memorial Day. Well... Memorial Day came and went, and so did then the ensuing five weeks afterwards, and we heard crickets. And speaking from someone who has been monitoring this Big Ten deal really closely because it impacts my TV job immensely, like all these dominoes falling play a huge role on on my life right now. So speaking from someone who has been monitoring this Big Ten deal really close, that silence always struck me as eyebrow raising. It it made me wonder what else is going on behind the scenes right now with this deal. What, what's going on? What's the holdup? What what's what's happening right now in these secret meetings? And for me, when I saw this news, the initial report, UCLA, USC heading to the Big Ten, it was like a eureka moment. I'm like, ah, that's what's been going on. The quiet front and the silence on the terms of this new television deal to me probably was due to this, adding USC, adding UCLA. Because obviously adding USC and UCLA, adding the Los Angeles television market to the Big Ten TV deal increases and changes the television rights bottom line for the conference. And with Fox Sports being located right in Los Angeles, it all kind of makes sense. I think Fox likely had their fingerprints all over this thing behind the scenes. And the addition of UCLA and and USC to the Big Ten makes sense, both logical sense and dollars and cents, to have a little play on words there for you. I mean, you you UCLA and USC just a it's a no brainer for them to do this. No brainer. And it kind of feels like a no brainer for the Big Ten as well. Because what's amazing is I remember about twelve months ago when the Oklahoma and Texas news hit that they were leaving the Big Twelve and Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC. I remember sitting in this very room in my pod studio in my basement, turning on the mic, I remember saying that I thought the Big Ten needed to respond with moves of their own. I remember thinking that of all the options for the Big Ten in front of them after the Texas and Oklahoma news, to me, just standing pat and just staying on the sidelines and sticking with what they currently have in the its conference, felt like the wrong move. Now, I I certainly didn't suggest back then, nor do I suggest now, that you just start taking schools for the sake of taking schools. They had to make sense and bring value. There's no question about that. But it's pretty amazing. I pulled this up. Listen to this. This is me on my podcast on July 29th of last year. So nearly exactly... One year ago, after the news of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, I said this. Take a listen to this. So the answer could be looking out west if you're the Big Ten. Could we see a scenario where the Pac-12 goes to the Big Ten You know, part of the Pac-12 goes to the Big Ten and maybe part of the Pac-12 merges with the Big 12? I don't know. I mean, this is where the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have had this relationship for a while. I don't know if they want to start, you know, the Big Ten wants to start plucking teams out of there. But again, it's survival. It's survival. But if, if the Big Ten were forced to start making some calls and trying to make some moves, if I were the Big Ten and I had to look out west, I'd try to land these four schools. USC, UCLA, Stanford, and Oregon. How about that? I was kind of on it for once. <laughs> now, to be fair, there isn't the news of Stanford and Oregon yet, but still. I felt like then and I and I felt like feel like it now a- after the news of Oklahoma and Texas heading to to the SEC, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten needed to, it officially gave them no choice but to get off the sideline, get into the game, and get proactive. And landing USC and UCLA were the top on my board. And here we are one year later, and USC and UCLA are headed to the Big Ten. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Again, you get you get the Los Angeles market. You get two historically relevant college football and college basketball programs. So to me, it makes sense for the Big Ten Conference and it obviously makes sense for U- UCLA and USC. It's a no-brainer for USC and UCLA. I, I Think about this. I saw this tweet. This is from, from Matt Hayes, college football reporter. Think about this. Vanderbilt and Northwestern will make about $80 million annually from the SEC and the Big Ten. USC was making in the low 30s in the Pac-12, in the low $30 million Figure in the Pac 12. Vanderbilt, 80 million. USC, about low 30s, 30 million. So the, the money difference for USC and UCLA getting under that big ton umbrella with its new TV rights deal is just so dramatically different that it is a no brainer for them. And not only. Are you following the money here? You are also assuring yourself survival if or maybe even when this two super conference thing were to happen. So like I said a little bit ago, this is about money and survival. Well, this move for USC and UCLA assures them more money and pretty much assures them survival. So for as much as it is just crazy to imagine USC and UCLA not in the Pac-12 and not in the same conference as Cal or whoever, those things just don't matter as much anymore. Whether we all want to admit it or not, I've always believed that everyone and everything has a price. If the money is so good and the dollar amount is so high and is just dramatically different from your current situation. you'll look past a lot of things to say yes to that. I mean think about it even on a much different much different level but same school of thought look at the the live golf thing. Dustin Johnson, gets offered over $100 million to go, hey, go be at Live Golf. And even in the face of history and tradition with the PGA Tour, amongst obviously other things, it was too much for him to pass up. Same sort of thing with these conferences and their decisions. If the money is just dramatically better, they'll look past a bunch of things to say yes to that money. And that's the thing with all of this stuff, like with with all this conference alignment stuff at Texas and Oklahoma going here and there. Like, do I like this? Does anyone really like this? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I guess I can only speak for me. But I'm an old school guy that really, really enjoyed conferences and all that came with them. I enjoyed the the history and tradition and rivalries and the proximity that that came with conferences in terms of geography. I liked all that stuff. But the reality is, 12 years ago, when the realignment game really started, it started to chip away at all those things. The college football and and college basketball world that we all knew and, and have or had nostalgia for started slowly fading away about 12 years ago. And each subsequent move has really just chipped and chipped and chipped away at it more and more. Almost like Marty McFly in Back to the Future when he's he's looking at that old family photo and people are starting to fade away in the photo. That's kind of what this is to a certain degree. A lot of this, I was thinking about this today. A lot of this reminds me of something that Coach Altman used to tell us when he, at, at the end of practices and different stuff like, He would huddle us up, and sometimes he would just kind of talk life and philosophical things, but he used to talk to us about discipline, and he would always talk about how once you do something once, it gets easier to do it again and again, both to the good, but in his point, to the bad as well. And his examples were like, once you wake up and – you know, you told yourself, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, and I'm going to work out. I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go out, get on the treadmill for an hour. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to run two miles. every. Like, once you hit that snooze button once and you skip that workout one time, it gets easier to do it again. He would always say, once you cheat on a test, it gets easier to do it again and again and again. And I, and I was thinking, for some reason, I just was thinking about that message that Coach Altman used to always – hammer to us and I was thinking about that message with this once one school moves and changes conferences it makes it easier for the next school to do it and then the next school to do it right once Missouri and Texas A&M leave the Big 12 for the SEC it makes it easier for Nebraska and Colorado to leave the Big 12 and then Creighton and Wichita State to leave the Missouri Valley Conference and then Maryland to leave the ACC, and so on and so forth. And certainly, once Texas and Oklahoma leave for the Big 12 to the SEC, it makes it easier for UCLA and USC to leave the Pac-12 for the Big 10. And not only is it easier for the schools to do it, it's easier for the conferences to do it as well. It's easier for the conferences to pluck. And most of all, It makes it easier for us, the fans, the media, the alumni basis. It makes it easier for us to digest it and accept it. So it's funny. My reaction today to the news of USC and UCLA leaving is really dramatically different than my reaction to when Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC. And I think it's in large part to what I just laid out, where the more these things happen, especially when they're big pillar institutions like Texas, like USC. The more these things happen, the easier it gets to just accept them and also understand them as well. Now, that's not to say you have to agree with with them. It's not saying you have to agree with it. You can understand something but not agree with it. But I think we can all understand it, right? Creighton fans can't look down their nose at the Big Ten or USC or UCLA right now and go, what are they doing? When they themselves made a decision based on money and security and profile of affiliation. Same thing with Nebraska. Nebraska fans can't—you know—they can't justify their move back in 2011, but then rip UCLA and USC and the Big Ten's decision to all join first, join forces. It's all kind of somewhat the same. It's all motivated by money, security, and doing what's best for you. So this is this is just where we are now. This is the reality of the situation. The musical chairs is underway, and the music is still playing. Oklahoma and Texas, they got chairs, as does the SEC. UCLA and USC have chairs, as does the Big Ten. The interesting thing is to really try to predict what everything will look like when the music stops. Who has chairs and who doesn't? And then what the structure of everything looks like after the fact. Like, is the SEC done expanding and taking teams? Is the Big Ten done expanding and taking teams? My guess is the answer to that question is no for both. But we'll see. I still think, I still think the big fish out there for the SEC and the Big Ten is Notre Dame. I still think that's arguably the most coveted team still left on the board, pseudo left on the board, that's independent for for, for football. I would think that's who the Big Ten would want the most. Same thing with the SEC. So we'll see if if that big domino ever falls, which the more these big seismic things happen, when Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC, I'm sure Notre Dame thought, mm, hmm, hmm, hmm. and now UCLA and USC go to the Big Ten, I'd have to imagine Notre Dame's going, mm, okay, because who knows how this thing's going to be structured on the back end of it if there are this hypothetical two super conference thing. So again, we'll see what, if the big domino of Notre Dame falls, and then we'll see what dominoes continue to fall. In the meantime, man, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have just taken some enormous gut punches with the losses of Oklahoma and Texas and USC and UCLA. You wonder now, you wonder now if the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are looking at each other and wanting to either lean on each other in the moment, Joint forces, whatever, or if they're looking at each other and thinking about plucking teams, and even though the Big Twelve has rebounded and rebounded in air quotes, they're, they're you know they're bringing in Cincinnati and Houston and all like, y- y- you know the Big Twelve's got to be looking around at this thing because you also wonder if the is the Big Ten gonna rate? Are they done rating the Pac twelve? Maybe they, in, maybe they go grab Oregon at another school. I still think there is value in Oregon given the Nike Phil Knight backing. But a lot of this goes back to what the TV rights say in terms of adding value and adding money. That's what's driving all these things. And that's what the beauty of the moment is for the Big Ten right now. They can, in real time, they can get in real time a projection from these television partners how adding a school will impact the TV deal. All right, show me the numbers if it's USC and UCLA. Okay. And give me the breakout numbers for every school if that's the case. All righty. Now, what would happen if we put Oregon in that? Okay. What about this? Like, they can – that's happening. Again, I'm sure the Big Ten got presented with the projected number with USC and UCLA, with and without those schools, and obviously everything made sense to have it be with those schools, both for the Big Ten and obviously for the for USC and UCLA. So I'm sure as we speak, they're 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 continuing to look at other additions and what it would what it would do. When I say they, I mean the Big Ten. The Dick Bob Podcast is powered by my good friends at Runza. You know, a few things make me more proud than the fact that Runza supports my podcast because as a Nebraskan, I've been a Runza fan my entire life. I lived down the street from a Runza growing up. It was a blast to go there as a kid. Sometimes I'd even ride my bike there with my buddies. I vividly remember one of our very first elementary school field trips was to Runza. Everyone loved it. I remember going to Runza in high school for lunches with all my high school friends. And I've told you guys this. One of the happiest days at Kansas my freshman year was discovering a Runza In Lawrence, Kansas, it was like finding a little slice of home when I was away from home. And now as an adult, it's great to share Runza with my kiddos who absolutely love the deliciousness of Runza. It's a little Runza story from yours truly. And you know what the menu is. Just outstanding amazing Runza sandwiches. Oh, my gosh, a piping hot cheese Runza. Mmm, that sounds good right now. Incredible burgers, the best fries on the planet. The salads are great, especially the Southwest chicken salad, my personal favorite. It's just awesome food. So whether it's lunch, dinner, a little snack, doesn't matter. Runza is the spot. You need to go download the mobile app. It's in the App Store. You can order ahead, skip the line, plus you can earn rewards as well. Runza. Makes it all better. So again, I doubt this is finished. Now I don't know that for I don't know. And again, without knowing specifics, aka what adding these schools would do for your TV rights package, here would be the schools on on the big board for the Big Ten to add if they wanted to add more. This is just me and my thoughts. Here would be my big board. I'm in draft mode, so here's like best. You know, you watch the draft. Like Jay Billis has his best players available. These would be like best schools available. If I'm the big 10, number one, I said, Notre Dame, Notre Dame by a mile. Number two, I'd have Oregon. Again, I think I really believe with that Nike Phil Knight brand, I'd have Oregon. I'd have Stanford in there, given it's, it's clout and position in the world. Academics wise. I know this is athletics, but still stand the Stanford brand is a big brand. Now I would also not just not to just stick with Notre Dame and West. I'd put Miami and Florida State, Clemson and Louisville on the big board as well. But to me, they feel like they would go to the SEC if they moved because they're kind of in that footprint, and it just feels like it just done it. It just feels like Miami would Miami or Clemson. They would. They just feel like SEC to me, more so than Big Ten. Now I don't know what that feel like means anymore because, like, I mean UCLA is in the Big Ten, you know, but that's just me. So those would kind of be that would be my top 3 to 6 or 7 schools, right? Notre Dame, Oregon, Stanford, and then of course you'd have to put Florida State, Miami, Clemson, Louisville in there, even though the last four I just named there feel like they would if they're going anywhere they're heading to the SEC. And then after that, I think you get into it uh, the next tier group of of teams for lack of a better term are all like attractive for different reasons and I think they would bring value but a different kind of value. Those would be North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Washington, maybe Missouri. I mean, obviously, North Carolina and Duke would have value because of their brand and brands, and I think they would kind of stick together and you'd have that rivalry in hoops. Same thing with Kansas. I mean, you'd be getting one of the biggest basketball brands, and I know this is driven by football, but on some level, like, I mean, again, on some level, that UCLA basketball brand had to kind of impact how the Big Ten was looking at this thing. So not still football is the driver of the bus, but basketball matters on some level. And then Washington and Missouri seem to potentially make sense for the big 10, although less than the others I just named. So that's how I'd see it right now in terms of a big board for, uh, for other schools that the big 10 could be looking at. And I'm not gonna lie. It does kind of feel like we are headed towards that hypothetical scenario that people have thrown out for a, handful of years now of two super conferences and a breaking away from the from the NCAA. Which if that were to happen brings about a million other questions that break my brain, even trying to think about mainly being a basketball junkie, basketball lover, basketball first guy. What happens to the NCAA tournament? Because clearly the NCAA tournament is still huge. It is still an enormous event that for as much as football's driving the bus, I don't know how much you want to just totally cast that aside. It's still a, the NCAA March Madness rights went for a billion dollars. And I talked about this with Bo what seven or eight of the top 10 most watched basketball games on TV this calendar year worked March Madness NCAA tournament games. That event is still enormous. And a part of the allure of the tournament and the event is the bracket, the 68 teams, the little guy, the Cinderella story, like St. Peter's. So it's tough to imagine a scenario where the two super conferences exist for football, but the NCAA tournament still is in its current form for basketball. Like that's a hard, those are two worlds that are hard for me to kind of mesh together. But I think whether the big boys, the big boys being the two super conferences, one admitted or not, they kind of need the little guys for the NCAA tournament to work at its optimal level. I mean, think about it: an NCAA tournament, a bracket that is only the big boys, only those two super conferences—like that's not as that's not as attractive, I don't think. Like the two super conferences, first of all, it's not—they're not, not going to get to sixty-eight teams. There's not going to be two conferences with sixty-eight teams, right? So let's say the, the the just let's let's go down this this hypothetical path. Let's say each of these two super conferences have 20 schools in them. So that's 40 total schools. So the NCAA tournament is going to have 40 teams. So in in that case will everyone make the NCAA tournament? I, I don't I don't think that's good. I don't I just I don't see how I don't see how the NCAA tournament doesn't get fundamentally changed for the worse if it exists only with two super conferences. But it's hard to imagine the two worlds existing simultaneously. It's hard to imagine two super conferences for football, but then business as usual for hoops in the NCAA tournament stays as is. I struggle to see how all that works. So I do get worried about that. Quite frankly, all the other sports should be a little worried about what their future looks like if the two super conference thing happens. Like, what does the College World Series look like? What does, you know, volleyball and its Final Four look like? What does the women's basketball NCAA tournament look like? Same sort of problems with the men's basketball tournament. I don't know. Side note, thinking about the NCAA tournament and all this stuff, this is why I think the Big East should be all in on trying to get Gonzaga. And even Kansas, obviously, if you want to shoot for the stars. I mean, we talk about the big board for the Big East. I mean, good Lord, Kansas is – I mean, you would do anything to get Kansas. But this is why I am one of those people when – I've heard other people disagree with me. But, like, I think today's events should slap everybody in the face and be like, listen, man, you need to wake up. Stuff is happening. We can act like it's not happening. Stuff is happening. You can think everything's going to look and be the same five, ten years from down the road. I think you're crazy. So this is why I'm one of those people that subscribed to the school of thought that, yes, the Big East should be all in on trying to get Gonzaga. I don't care that it doesn't make geographical sense. Rutgers and USC are in the same freaking conference. So, yes, Providence and Gonzaga can be in the same conference. Again, this is the Hunger Games. This is about survival. This is musical chairs. And it's about making sure you have a chair when the music stops. And you need a chair to make sure you have a seat at the table of the NCAA tournament. Because guess what? Creighton and DePaul and Butler and Xavier, if you don't have involvement in the NCAA tournament, bye-bye basketball program as you know it. So you better make sure you got a chair to where you have a seat at the table for the NCAA tournament, that if they hold the NCAA tournament in one way, shape, or form down the road, whatever this college athletics world looks like, you'd think the NCAA tournament would have to feature the likes of Villanova, Gonzaga, and Georgetown. And getting Gonzaga helps you in that case because you have to somewhat include the Big East Conference. And obviously getting Kansas assures you a spot because of affiliation. So I am one of those people, whenever people say, hey, what do you think, should the Big East go after Gonzaga? Yes. Yes, they should. So we'll see. I mean, the future of college athletics is at a really, really interesting crossroads, metaphor, metamorphosis moment. And the events of the day, USC, UCLA leaving the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten Conference feels like a seminal moment in this whole transformation process, much like Texas and Oklahoma did about a year ago. We did that little flashback on my pod. I wasn't just kind of spitballing things there. There is a part of me that felt like the moment you saw the news of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, it felt like we were on a crash course for, for a day like this to happen where the Big Ten started to make moves, right? Like right now it feels like there's, there's – people are – there's kind of a, a war, for lack of a better term. There's the ESPN and SEC, they're in their bunker, and they're doing what they're doing. And right now, Fox and the Big Ten are there in their bunker and doing what they're doing now. So, there you go. Two more things on this. Two more things on this. The first thing, could you imagine how everyone would feel if Nebraska was still in the Big 12 right now? Oh my god! Could you imagine how you would feel right now if you were in that athletic department? You were in the football program. You were you're a a, a media member. You're a fan. All that stuff. If Nebraska was still in the Big Twelve Conference, I mean. You can kick and scream and yearn for the old Big 8 and Big 12 all you want, but on some level, you also better be thankful if you're in Nebraska that the Big Ten opened its doors for you back in 2011. That was my first thought. Second thought, I heard Sean Callahan say this on the radio, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I, I think the spirit of what he's saying is really interesting when he was asked about the events of the day. How vital was Indomitian Sioux exploding in 2009 and then Nebraska riding that wave into 2010 for Nebraska to be at its peak relevance over the past 15, 20 years? Nebraska was never more relevant over the past 15 years than it was in 2009 and 2010. That maybe ultimately led to that Big Ten invite. That was Sean's thought. Now, again, I don't know if I fully agree with his sentiment, but I understand what he's saying. Because I do think on some level, Nebraska as a brand was likely always going to get an invite to the, to the Big Ten Conference. But I also think that Nebraska having arguably the best player in college football in 2009, Sue, and then playing in back-to-back conference title games helped its cause in the moment in getting an invitation. Again, I still think the brand was likely going to garner an invite, not to mention its its relative geographical location making sense in the Big Ten footprint, even though it is kind of the furthest west school. I still think – obviously, Lincoln being in the Big Ten doesn't feel wrong or weird. So I think Nebraska to the Big Ten made sense, and it was likely going to happen anyways. But it does feel like in Dominican and and what happened with that 2009 season and then – into 2010 and playing in two straight conference title games that feels like Sue really sparked that that short little mini run helped seal it in the moment. Same school of thought with Creighton. If you really think about how much does Creighton basketball owe Doug McDermott? Not only is Doug the greatest player in school history, but he also was likely the immediate driving force behind Creighton getting an invitation to the Big East Conference. Like, if there is no Doug McDermott, is Creighton in the Big East? I don't know. Now, again, much like the Nebraska conversation, there are layers to that invitation that happened from Nebraska getting an invite to the Big Ten and Creighton getting an invite to the Big East. And obviously the layers to that invitation for Creighton are Creighton's arena, its school structure with no football, being a Catholic Jesuit institution, not to mention it's it's a basketball school. It's had, you know, pretty good success historically in in hoops. So it was a fit. But Doug McDermott being a at the time he was a two time all American. At the time he had led Creighton to back to back trips to the NCAA tournament, and back-to-back NCAA tournament wins. He was one of the most, if not the most, exciting players in all of college basketball. All that made it so when Creighton calls the Big East, you're probably more likely to answer that call. So it's just, I thought it was an interesting thought. How much do Creighton, Nebraska owe Sue and Doug, for putting them in a much better spot today than they would have maybe potentially been in. Imagine if Nebraska was still in the Big 12. There'd be a lot of nervous people right now. And imagine if Creighton was still in the Missouri Valley Conference. There'd be a lot of nervous people right now. So I just found that interesting. So there you go. Again, I think it's this move today – Felt, again, while it's totally unbelievable, it's be- totally believable at the same time. It kind of felt like a year ago when the Texas and Oklahoma dominoes felt there was an inevitability to a day like this where the Big Ten was going to expand and and gobble up some other teams, pluck some other teams. It just was a matter of who. And I think USC and UCLA makes a lot of sense. I think it was a good day for the Big Ten conference. I think it was a great day for USC and UCLA. And just like anything else, it, it makes it so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what dominoes fall next. So there you go. It's kind of a, a running diary of, of all that's been going through my head over the past six, seven hours since the news initially broke. As I like to end a lot of my pods, this is Food for Thought. You do the dishes. A Media Production.